0: We're going to read from Proverbs 3, 1 to 12. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart so you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your path. Be not wise in your own eyes for the fear of the Lord, and turn away from evil. It will be the healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord with all your wealth and the first fruits of all your produce. Then all your barns will be filled with plenty, and all your vats will be bursting with wine. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline, or be wary of his reproof. For the Lord reproves him whom he loves, as a father, the son in whom he delights. This is the reading of God's holy word.
1: As Simon mentioned, today is a family service, so uh, the kids will be staying in here. We're gonna have, um, we're gonna have uh, an element that is gonna be a little bit more kid-friendly, so stay tuned for that. Um, the good news for all of us is that this is gonna be a shorter sermon to accommodate for the children. And, um, uh, one thing that, that I always like to say is if you, if there's a child squirming or if there's a child making noise, um, we welcome that, um, because the the boredom and the restlessness and the sadness that they're crying, um, children have this gift of not being able to filter themselves sometimes, whereas we adults, we feel the same things that the, these kids feel, but we've found a way to like hide it, and for social reasons, that, that there's a good reason to do that. But the truth of the matter is, we come in here with boredom, we come in here with sadness, we come in here with discouragement, with faithlessness sometimes, and the gospel says, you who are crying, you who are bored, you who do not even want to be here, you're welcome, you're welcome. So that's what we're going to say to the children as they make noise. Um, if you do have a crying child, um, and if you want to bring them to the cry room, we have a speaker in that room back there, so they're welcome to go, go there. Um, but, uh, this is what we can expect a shorter sermon, some extra noise, and hopefully the gospel will be preached well. So, uh, as, Katz read chapter 3 of Proverbs. This is kind of one of the cornerstones of the book of Proverbs. And last week, Pastor Jesse, he started our series in the book of Proverbs. And what are the Proverbs? The Proverbs are God's wisdom being imparted to us. One of the things that Pastor Jesse said last week was this, that there is a givenness to the world. There's a way to walk in accordance to the reality of the world that God has created. We fear God. This is how we... Uh, this is how we relate to him and the world. We understand that God knows better for better than we do, and He wants our good. And today's passage it talks about what does the life that trusts God, that fears God, what does the wisdom shaped life look like, and how do we live out that wisdom? The main thing I want us to hear today is that a life of wisdom is a life that is completely trusting in God. Do you completely trust in God? Because this is how you become wise. There's a type of wisdom that we're familiar with. There's a type of wisdom that comes with age and experience. Some of you guys are older, so maybe there's a little bit more wisdom in you. Uh, maybe you've gone through more things. We think in terms of um, when it comes to wisdom, who comes to mind in popular culture? There is Gandalf uh, in Lord of the Rings, right? Old wise Gandalf with a big white beard. There is Yoda. He's a wise guy. And these are legitimate examples of wisdom. But there is a type of wisdom that is unique to those who believe in Christ. There's a type of wisdom that is unique to those who trust in God. And we're going to look at those a few of those in today's passage. And I have three short points this morning. Number 1 is what the wisdom-shaped life looks like. Number 2, the anchor of the wisdom-shaped life. And number 3, the heart of the wisdom-shaped life. So, the look, the anchor, and the heart's. What it looks like, what it's founded on, and what is the central element of the wisdom-shaped life. Um, if you're looking at your bulletin, you may notice that there are some song lyrics there. I was planning on teaching you guys a song. Um, we don't have time for that, but maybe one of these days I can. If you want to look it up on YouTube, it's um, Trust by Sixpence and Nine the Richer. They're the group that does Kiss Me. Um, they also wrote this song about trusting God, so uh, look it up on YouTube later. Um, So the first point is this. What does the wisdom shape life look like? The writer of Proverbs, he begins with this admonishment to his child. Do not forget my teaching. Let your heart keep my commandments. He's referring to the Torah. If you were a Jewish child, you learned the Torah in, in temple or you, in your, in your community, you learned what is it that the, that God's word teaches. And here is this call to internalize it. He says, um, write them on the tablet of your heart. Make it a part of the way that you think. Make it a part of the way that you live and breathe. The things that you learned as a child, the things that you're learning now, the scriptures that you're hearing, the things that you're hearing when it comes to things of God, Take it seriously, listen, internalize it, because how you live is a reflection, not of how you people tell you you should live. The way that we live is not a reflection of the ideal life that you think should be lived. The way that you live is, is an expression of what you really want and desire. What you really want and desire in your heart, that is what is going to determine how you spend your money, how you treat the people around you, where you're going to live, what type of community that you're going to belong to. It's what you internalize because at the end of the day, your life will ultimately reflect what you care about the most, and it's what you have internalized. So, what is it that we internalize? The call from Proverbs is this internalize the commands of God, internalize the teachings of Scripture. Now, there is this thing about wisdom, which is it's not something that you can just Google. There's a lot of good stuff on Google, there's a lot of good podcasts that will have, contain a lot of wisdom. The way that you obtain wisdom on one level is by having age and experience, by living life. And people can impart that wisdom to us through whatever means of communication. Wisdom is only known by people who know how life works and what reality is and people who know the nuances and textures of the human heart. But for us, wisdom means how do I live my life in accordance to the reality that God has, that, in accordance to reality, the reality that I live in, this objective reality that God has created and made. How does my life fit into that? So, the call to wisdom is not something Googleable for you. It's something that you have to learn in your own life. And we're going to look at what that looks like in just a moment. But one of the things I want to point out here is this. That there is the... This passage it gives us kind of the uh, the consequence or what the life looks like. So it talks about riches, it talks about long physical life, and um, one thing to remember is this: that the proverbs they teach us not specific uh, outcomes, but they teach us principles. So there are plenty of wise and good and godly people who suffer terribly and they live short lives and they die horrible deaths. But the principle for us is that how we how we live, um, this is a reflection of what we believe. It's about the wisdom that God has imparted on us. And these are principles that the Proverbs teaches. They're not promises, they're principles. The bigger message is that the life that's marked by wisdom is a better life. These are God's boundaries and directions for a life that aligns with the life that he wants us to live. So you might notice that toward the end of this passage, the, the writer of Proverbs, he talks about discipline. Now, discipline is not a fun concept for us. In fact, discipline is very often, it means suffering. It means uh, being uncomfortable. It means confronting things that we don't want to be faced with. So, why is this, why are these verses 11 and 12 in this larger passage where it talks about the benefits of a wise life? It's because there is a way that God teaches us through discipline how to live that life. So discipline is not punitive in God's eyes. Discipline is directing our life. It's directing our affections and our wants and our loves towards something that is good. So there is a connection between suffering and a good life. For those who trust God, there is redemptive discipline, this type of discipline where it may hurt, we may not like it, but God is doing his deep, good, wise work in your life. Versus, if you don't have this trust in God, suffering and pain, it just is meaningless because you wonder, what is going on? Why am I suffering this? So here is the, this is how we think about the concepts in chapter 3, is meaningless suffering, that's what you have if you don't trust in God versus redemptive discipline if you do trust in God. So that's the first point. This is what the wisdom shaped life looks like it's a life that's lived in accord to reality. Number two, the anchor of the wisdom shaped life. Let not steadfast love and faith, faithfulness forsake you. Now, when the writer writes to his son, he says this he doesn't tell him to be loving and faithful. That's when I read it. That that was my first instinct. Oh, okay, to be loving or to be wise, I need to be loving and faithful. No, actually, the passage tells us: do not, do not forget steadfast love and faithfulness. The type of love and faithfulness here is this type of faithful covenant love that defines God's relationship with His people. It's this Old Testament concept of chesed. Chesed. This is the, uh, the the Hebrew word for God's promises to us, God's covenant love. So when he writes about love and faithfulness, the writer of Proverbs, he's telling his son, do not forget the covenant promises of God. For those of us here, it means do not forget the covenant promises of God, which we just considered during the baptism. Do not forget the covenant promises of God in light of the gospel. If you want to live a wise life, you have to Know the gospel, because it means that there is an objective reality that that directs you and drives you outside of yourself, and this is the gospel, that Jesus has lived the perfect life that we could not live, and he's died the death that we deserve because of our sin. This is the covenant love of God the Father. Remember that this is what defines how you think and how you live. And why do you need to believe that? Because if you really believe that there is a hesed love for you, if you really believe that God follows you with love and faithfulness, then you will understand that God loves you. Then you will understand that when things get difficult, it's not because God is, he wants you to suffer. It's because he wants something good for you. It's because He wants to shape you more like Christ. It's because He ultimately wants your good. And we see that in the gospel. The gospel for Jesus was full of suffering for those that God loves. It's full of suffering as well, but a redemptive suffering. In order for us to trust God as we should, we need to understand the gospel because there will be times when it will be incredibly difficult to live our lives. There will be times when it will be impossibly hard to do what we need to do unless you believe that God is with you, unless you believe that God is for you, that he will not forget you. And this is the anchor of the wisdom-shaped life. You need to believe that the gospel is true and that God shows his love to us through the gospel. My final point is this, the heart of the wisdom-shaped life. The heart of the wisdom-shaped life. And for this, I'm going to, um, this is where the kids get to participate. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to walk over here and I'm going to ask for, can I get five volunteers? You have to be a child. Five volunteers. All right, let me see. Let me pull this over here real quick. I've got a plethora of boxes, and this is gonna be part of our uh our our object lesson. Alright. So, um, who's raising hands? All right, Maddie, um, Josiah over there, Maxwell, um, George, and Emma. We can get a few more. How about how about you? Emmy? You too, Maria. Come on over. All right. So I'm going to need, let's see, all right, Josiah, can you come over here, and Emma, can you guys stand over here, all right, so what we're going to do is I'm going to ask you guys, can you guys take a few boxes, and I'm going to have you guys just stand these boxes up, and uh, these other, these other uh, elements, just put them all, all along this row, okay, just all, all up and down, and however way, however you can, however you'd like, just put it there.
0: Why is right. there actual cereal? Oh oh, cinnamon toast crunch. So there's uh, we got some cereal, you guys can have some of that if you want. Yeah. Alright.
1: Alright, go ahead guys. We got a few minutes, so yeah, you can uh, you can you can keep that in there. Alright, all along, all along. Keep on going. You can bottle? You, you can throw this bottle there. Alright. You can go further bring it further down. There you go. All right. Okay. While you guys do that, um, Josiah and Emma, come over here. All right. So you're going to stand here, Emma and Josiah. So what we're going to do is I'm going to blindfold you, all right? I'm going to put something over your eyes. And your job is to walk from here to the end of the aisle. Do you think you can do that? Yeah. Without touching any boxes. Do you think you can do that? Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's, let's do it. It's in a straight line. That's great. Can, can you guys mix up, mix it up a little bit so it's not in a straight line? <laughs> all right. So, Josiah, this is your job, all right? Is I'm going to blindfold you, and can okay. you hold on to this, please? Tie. This is I'm a tie. Like ninja. This is what ninjas do. They Aww. blindfold. Them. Isn't this what Karate Kid did one time? He blindfolded himself? Yeah. Some of you guys might be too young for Karate Kid. All right, can you see? Yeah. Oh, no. That's not good. I can't. You can't see now? No. Okay. So, Josiah, what I want you to do is I want you to, you're going to stand right here, okay? So you're blindfolded, you can't see anything, right? Mm-hmm. So you can walk in a straight line. Try to get to the end without touching any boxes, okay? I can't even see. We'll not we'll even see. We'll see what you can do, all right? All right, go for it. Okay, keep going. You got it. Stop. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Keep keep walking, even if you touch something, you can keep walking. All right, that was that was hard, huh? All right, I'm gonna make it a little bit easier for you. All right, come back up here. All right, you guys can sit down do for this. now. This itches my eyes. It itches your eyes. Do you, okay, do you want? We can have someone else do it. Okay, thank you for. Do you do you want to do this or no? No? Okay. I'm not someone else. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Josiah. All right. Who wants to do, who wants to be blindfolded? All right. You, Maddie. All right. Maddie is going to be blindfolded. Now, this is going to be a little bit different now. Okay, guys? So Emma, you've got a bungee cord. So what I'm going to do is, um, can you hold this right here? You're going to hold this ball right here, okay? And Emma is going to try to lead you, okay? So Emma, your job is to try to get Maddie all the way down without touching any boxes. Can you do that? So you can you, know. you can try, and then you can tell her where to step and where to, so you can tell her like, watch out, there's a box in front of you, step around it, okay? Can, can you do that? All right, there you go. You can you can walk in front of her too, if it helps. She made it! Yay! All right, um, thank you guys so much. Can I can I get your help in um, putting everything back in this box right here? I just I was going to leave it there, but I re- I remember that we have communion, so put it in that box right there, guys. All right, thank you guys for your help. I appreciate it. So, thank you. You can put that in there. Thank you so much. I'll, be, I'll put him away later. All right, thank you. So, object lesson for the kids is this. Josiah was blindfolded, and he his job was to get to the end of the aisle, but he couldn't because there were all these things in front of him. Whereas Maddie and em, Emma, Maddie trusted Emma to bring her down the aisle, and she was able to make it to the end. And this is the principle. If you want to get through life, you need something bigger and wiser than you to get through it. And this passage is teaching us that it's trusting God. That it's holding on to someone who knows better than you. It's trusting someone who you know is for you. It's trusting someone who you know will never do you wrong in the end. So this is the heart of the wisdom-shaped life. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, This the, the, the foundational verse of this passage. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own, own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Put all your hope in God. Put the weight of your situation on Him. Every detail of it. So, it means that whatever is happening in your life... You trust God. You hold on to Him. Whatever is causing you anxiety or distress or depression, trust God in it. Because He is going to hold on to you. The song we sang earlier, He will hold me fast. When I fear my faith will fail, Christ will hold me fast. When the tempter will prevail, He will hold me fast. I can never keep my hold through life's fearful path. For my love is often cold, but Jesus will hold me fast. God will hold you fast. This is what this passage is teaching us. That the at the very heart of the wisdom-shaped life is trusting that your God will take care of you, that He will hold you. Therefore, you can lean everything on Him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Do not trust yourself. Trust in the Lord because God is good. God is good. Will you pray with me? Father God, we thank you for your word and what it teaches us about wisdom and about trusting you. And I pray that we would remember the gospel and this assurance that it gives us that you are for us. And as we consider it, I pray that you would impress this upon our hearts and make it true in our lives. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.